This episode of the On The Radar Podcast is brought to you by Laser Light Recording Studio in Waterville, Ohio. The world is calling. Pick it up. Welcome to another great episode of the On The Radar Podcast. This is a podcast that features music and artists and studio performances and interviews with acts coming to you through and from the greater Midwestern areas. My name is Peapod, back here again at the wonderful Laser Light Recording Studio. Mr. Ryan is our producer with his team. Ryan, it's nice to see you again, sir. Excellent to see everybody here. Yes, yes. Very excited. Very excited. We have a full house this time. And no, I'm not talking about the show from the 90s or the shitty Netflix remake. <laughs> Shout out to shout out to uh, Stephanie Tanner. Uh, and it, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do some Brits. I'm very excited. I've had these guys on a few <laughs> the years first ago. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's already off the rails. I had these guys on it all the way back at episode eight, and I am so honored. These wow. are the first actual full band we have. They have returned to the podcast. I'm very excited. The Temperance, Michigan, Northwest Ohio. Southeast Michigan, shoegaze, emo, whatever you want to call it, is a phenomenal act. They are outside. Gentlemen, welcome back. It's so glad to talk to you guys, and I'm so glad you guys are all doing well. Thank you so much for doing this. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Of course. Uh, Take a moment. Reintroduce yourselves for the people who are are unfamiliar, who have not listened to the first uh, outside episode. Of course, you can listen to that on all major podcast platforms. Cheap plugs at the end of the show. Go ahead and introduce yourselves and tell us what you do in the band. Uh, I'm Evan, and I sing and I play drums. I'm Cody. I play bass. And I'm Drew, and I play guitar. So it's very interesting because when we first interviewed these guys, you guys had actually a fourth member. And unfortunately, right around that time, I think it was like a little bit after, we talked to you guys a few years ago. He ended up moving away and kind of things, it was hard to you know keep everybody on track with stuff. So you guys kind of went your own way with uh, as, a, as a, trio pace, a trio piece with Evan taking over as uh, most of the singing while drumming. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's very rad. And last few years have been awesome for outside. Of course, you know the, you release your own self titled al- uh, album, you know with with Clegg and you know putting it out on vinyl, which is really rad. And now you've hooked up with a great friend, a great supporter of the program, uh, Head to Wall Records, uh, with this brand new album. That at the time of this recording, when this goes out. The album will be out, so you can listen in to the album right after you're done listening to us. Um, but the album is called Green in You, and a lot of this talk uh, today will be kind of focusing a little bit about, you know, our state of mind right now in the slow motion apocalypse that is 2020, and also, of course, you know, uh, talking about the new record. But like, I, I first want to just say, like, how are you guys holding up right now? What's what's your mindset? What are you feeling right now due to uh, due to everything going on? Hit it, Ev. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just for us personally? Yeah, or? personally, professionally, whatever. So personally and professionally and everything, I'm – these days I'm very, very tired. And uh, I think that pretty much sums up this whole <coughs> year for me. Um, it just seems like everything 
around me and and us is just like moving very slow but then at the same time moving like very fast moving fast yeah it's like it's crazy to think that it's already like a few days from thanksgiving yeah it's insane it, it's it, almost, yeah, it, it feels like it's still march mm-hmm. in my mind yeah and with 2020 being such a train wreck of a year mm-hmm. it's like everyone's like oh 2021 but now we got this <clears throat> spike in covid again and uh everyone's either canceling holidays or just doing minimal family stuff so yeah. we're all we're all still adapting but it's starting to feel normal so i don't know what it's going to feel like when we go back to either playing shows or being able to tour or things like that i don't know if it's going to be on the web for a while you know people have been doing like uh the virtual, you know, concerts. The virtual concerts and stuff and uh if you have a big enough fan base that works out, because then you can still have them maybe pay for a, a stream to watch you. But right. like, everyone else is just like, hey, we want to, we're, we're hey, feeling we stagnant. Play. Yeah, yeah, we, we just like want to play. Nothing to look forward to, really. Yeah. It's just, so I mean, it is it is a bummer. But, uh, you know, I think with all this downtime is also, it's like, double-edged sword Mm -hmm. it's enough time for people to sit and listen to the record when we do put it out Mm -hmm. um hopefully that creates a demand for when we can play shows for people wanting to go and see us Mm -hmm. uh but at the same time when you're just sitting at home and then i go to work every day and like i just work at a pizza place and we're like considered essential workers and we are fucking busy every day because every place is getting shut down so a lot of my time is just spent there so like we haven't really been uh jamming as much and like evan does virtual teaching which has just been like for the kids and for the teachers i'm assuming it, i don't i don't want to speak for him but it just seems difficult you know it, it, it it's good as it gets yeah. uh, that, that's the best way to sum it up you're working um, with the lemons you got i i will <laughs> I, I i will say this uh if i was at any other school it would be hell mm-hmm. but um i'm lucky enough to be at an amazing school the toledo school for the arts mm-hmm. um the the administration is very supportive of the staff and the students are very um like receptive to us like actually trying to take education seriously online Mm -hmm. Uh, i have nieces and nephews that go to schools in metro detroit and they get like you know just busy work packets to work on or or like they have zoom meetings where the teacher literally just does nothing with them and and like me and the other teachers at tsa like we really have talked about it and, and we've come to realize that we have a lot of integrity in what we're trying to do and we're still trying to make the education, you know, relevant for them. Cause like, and we get it, like it sucks. Like I tell my kids all the time, it's like, I know you don't like this and hell, I don't like it either, mm-hmm. but let's just, you know, let's have some common ground in the fact that like this kind of blows at the moment <laughs> and just work together to kind of work like get past that so i think that's the biggest thing that i've i've i'm looking forward to more is just like it, it, in a pure analytical sense like all what is happening is just purely like at a, in an analytical sense fascinating to me just because of just like how does the modern era work in in a in a global pandemic uh you know style that you you only see in like sci-fi films or whatever you know and you know a lot of things i'm i'm surprised by a lot of things i'm not too surprised by but like yeah. i think all, after all of this 
Like, you know, and history books will look back at this time and they'll just be kind of just amazed about everything and some good, some bad. But I think afterwards it's really going to – it's going to be like almost a secondary renaissance, I feel like. All these creative types, like the, the people in this room, like we, we've taken a lot of this time to try to cultivate – um, something during this time, whether it's you know forming a new podcast or upping your podcast game, forming a new record, playing new music, playing more music, playing different style of music, and like when it's all like when we all can be back in normal circumstances, quote unquote, um, you know, I I think a lot more people will be a lot more appreciative about what was missing, and now we we uh, then we then what we missed when we had it like during all this you know yeah i think the the thing is is like it'll be more organic again Mm -hmm. uh because you're you're missing out on these shows and these bands playing because like you can listen to their album over and over again and then you're just like man even you know the local bands in toledo that we got to see every weekend right uh you know we we haven't seen those bands in months Mm -hmm. and uh you don't realize you know what you have until it's gone right so like these bands not playing really start affecting you because you're used to your social norm being seeing your friends at these shows mm-hmm. now everyone's like staying at home and i mean like i said we we all three work constantly drew every day yeah drew works every day. every day he does construction mm-hmm. <clears throat> evan's teaching every day i'm making food for people every day so it's like our lives didn't change too much mm-hmm. but uh the demand for things has changed, and uh, hopefully, after all this, like you said, uh, people will appreciate again. You know, like live shows, not take that for granted. You know, I'm sure like places like the OT, once everything is settled, uh, will be just as prominent as it was. That, I felt right so bad. Yeah. I felt so Zach, bad. Zach, Zach had put so much time. He did. And uh, to see the community though, like support him after all this happened, and then like. I know he opened up for a little bit again. I don't know if he had to shut down again. I'm a, I think I think he's now back did. at carry out food Okay, because Michigan shut down everything, mm-hmm. so I'm not sure what's going on. Um, but we're still letting people in the building. Um, so like it, it, you know, it sketches me out still because like, do I go and see my family for the holidays or do mm-hmm. I just stay home because I'm exposing myself to all these different people coming mm-hmm. in and a lot of these people don't wear a fucking mask because yeah. they don't care. And like in Monroe, it's such small town mentality. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're dealing, we got a whole glass set up now. So they're not supposed to be able to like get through to you and they're talking underneath right. it to you with no mask <laughs> like, on. You're like, what the like, fuck de- is the point? It's de- it defeats the purpose. Talk. Yeah. Like, fuck man. <clears throat> you know, like, we're all dealing with this every day, and you got the people that are like, I'm a non-believer of all this shit. And you're like, ah, yeah. <laughs> spare <laughs> me. Just my like- <laughs> mom just got over COVID. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. My nephew had it really bad, and he's only 15. Oh. You know, My father was- had it, and there was a scare for a hot minute, and then he's yeah, gone Yeah, so they live in Myrtle Beach. Oh, wow. So, you know, that just shows you, like, it's everywhere right yeah. now. And, like, to – take a chance and just be like out here and like people are bummed that the bars are closed for the day before Thanksgiving. It's like, dude, like d- you don't you, get the fuck over yourself. Right. Yeah. Like stay home. Stay choose home. the battles. Yeah. Be get safe. drunk at home. Be yeah. safe. Yeah. yeah. Home Everyone's drugs better just, anyway. I don't drink. So I hate that shit. Right. Like that, that, that fucking, uh, 
I, the, we got to go out and celebrate the night before. Like, mm-hmm. we, you know, I hate that shit. My wife works in the restaurant industry, so it's all the people, and it's like older people, for lack of a better term, boomers that are in a <laughs> restaurant that are like, oh, we, we got to find something to find activities and everything. And my wife's just like, no, you don't. You just sit Because you just, you just sit home. Like, yeah. we, we, it's rough on us to do this. It's rough on you guys to go out. It's at risk of your guys' health that you're more susceptible to it than we are. But still, you know, yeah. with all the negativity and everything, what's something positive? What, what do you, where is something that you've been really impressed with during this COVID time, if anything? Nothing. No, yeah. Nothing. I, I, There's so much more ignorance than I've ever like witnessed in my it's life. Been Everyone's crazy. so fucking feeble-minded and just like mm-hmm. yeah, not I, paying attention to things that actually matter. Right when they should be, which I mean, there's a lot going on to pay attention to, but like, right, everyone just like wanting to go out to bars, like Cody said, or like constantly having to go like to a bunch of parties or just be super irresponsible. Like, like I've so friends giving or something. Yeah, like, so many people I know are just like not being smart or just yeah. like. Not any of like our friends, but it's just like right other people. people even like other people I work with. Luckily, I don't only work with but work with like six people. Mm-hmm. But this plumber dude, ooh, he's a fucker. <laughs> <laughs> he like he like coughed next to me the other day. He's an like, anti-masker. COVID. Yeah. Oh, what a fucker! Yeah, he's a piece Jeez. of shit. God sucks. I hate that. Yeah, it's cr- it's crazy because like lazy then you see I you see like I'm not gonna name any <laughs> names, but I have friends that play in certain groups or out of town and they're still having shows yeah yeah and i'm i get so frustrated and i'm sitting at home with evan and we're just stuck in our fucking house Mm -hmm. and these these guys are playing these shows and i'm just like they're like minimum capacity you gotta wear masks i'm like bullshit this you see videos bull- and people oh are like and they're in, in the people that are playing like, yeah. no mask and they're yeah. like four people on stage it's like they're not enforcing those are shit. the people that are going no. to ruin it for right exactly that, like, this is what's shit. prolonging this shit mm-hmm. you know yeah. so making annoying. everyone fucking miserable just like just sit it out it's not that important things will hopefully come back and, and it sucks for like seeing the business like my father was you know took a hit in his business in cleveland you know my you know my wife took a hit at her work my yeah like you know it, like everybody's been impacted in some sort of way but like you know in the grand scheme of things if we just you know if we take the minor hit right now hopefully we you know when people come back when things open back up fully and safely again people are going to spend fuck ton of money right. people are going to spend the money they're going to do more oh, yeah. they, they, like For everything sure. will boom yeah. again like it'll that's boost, the obvious it'll boost thing. like small business and shit again oh yeah, absolutely if the small business can survive, survive it, this, yeah, which that's is the, the shitty part. As far like a positive thing though, um, with, with me trying to, I always try to be as optimistic as, right. as I can, obviously. But and me and my mom talk about this a lot, and, and I, I think it's like an obvious thing. But if you really think about it, like what this whole situation has really taught us is like how to just function a little bit better in society. Mm-hmm. Things like, like you know. Why am I not washing my hands every time I leave a room or 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 leave a building or go somewhere? Like, why am I not doing that regularly? Mm-hmm. Why or or even like, um, you know, even if you think about it from like like business standards and stuff, like it's making automation becoming more and more like like crazy. Like like for instance, do I want to be teaching online? No, I I don't. But has it shown me that? In the long run, if I have to, I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we're finding very easy ways. Like, the programs that we use in my school, especially because I teach math, mm-hmm. so, like, you know, you need to be able to have, like, that paper and pencil feel to it. And our, all of our kids use iPads. 
So we have programs where they literally can just write on a PDF and do all the work right there. So it looks no different than normal paper paper pencil. Mm-hmm. And I have, you know, I don't have a mountain of papers to grade. It's all digital. So like it's nice in that aspect. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I think it's showing us how we could function as a society, but it shouldn't take people dying to learn that. No, too. no, we and, could we can move around and we can we can evolve more without our hand being forced. Like a lot, mm-hmm. and I, I'm impressed with like a lot of businesses and being able to like if you need to, you can work at home. You can work at home now, like in, yeah. and those capabilities. And now those like at remote jobs now are going to be more in demand and a lot more people will lot will want more flexibility especially with home life especially with families and things like that. I think that I mean that's a cool the aspect as well. I think something that could be taken away from all the virtual stuff too mm-hmm. is adding all the digital and all that stuff when schools get back to running normal. Mm-hmm. Putting that in the schools too so like all the stuff you were doing digital so like he said you you're not having the stack of papers and stuff. So, like, that's some benefits because, like, you're adapting and learning more of the digital way of teaching, and then you can kind of add that into the actual teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but the world's fucked right now. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I have a question it, that came to mind. I was mentioning to Evan uh, on a call about uh, the green and you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just I, I was going down all the Spotify tracks, and I just kept coming back to that one. All of them are just awesome, you know. Oh, but I just kept you, coming you. back to that green and you for the dynamic mm-hmm. and 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 just it, it, it seemed to encapsulate a, a, a handful of triggers yeah of, of things that would you know you would you would immediately gravitate to and and I caught in the earlier part of the cast that is that I, I didn't know that's that's the album coming out. Of that's the, yeah, yeah. That's the title yeah, track. Yeah. That that's the title track. Essentially, what the phrase means, and it's kind of the silver lining in this whole like pandemic mm-hmm. year and all that stuff is that it's about trying to like find the good aspects and everything, including yourself, oh. and just holding on to that. Um, and that's why, like in the song, like I say, like you know, living in blue and hope someone sees the green in you, because it's like. Yeah, we're living in a very messed up time, but we know that we all have a potential to get in a better place. Mm-hmm. And if, as long as we can hold on to that, um, you know, it it gives us a reason to wake up the next day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how many tracks are going to be on the ten the new LP? Is it ten? Yeah, ten tracks. Nice. <laughs> you don't know how many tracks are on your own album? Yeah, I, thought, I think we did. Like, <laughs> we recorded eleven. We recorded eleven. Oh, okay, yeah, and we we uh, shelved one of them. Yeah. Um, because uh, we were, it just wasn't fitting. Mm-hmm. The it, it felt kind of forced. Which and, one uh, was that? It was. <sighs> I think it started out with bass in the beginning. It was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was. It was a different sounding song. Pretty it much, bad, it, was, no, song, it was. It was easily, fit, right? without a doubt, the hardest song I ever tried to write vocals to. And it's ironic because it's a very simple progression that yeah. is very repetitive. Mm-hmm. And I just. Like, my mind just pooped out on me trying to write vocals and lyrics for it. And, like, yeah, so. but And, and it was, like, the last thing I think we, you worked on? Vocally? Yeah. yeah so, it was, like, it was just kind of like, all right, we got, yeah, we got, like, these, ah, we got yeah. these 11 songs. It's like, like I'll get it. one off, and then we'll do 10, yeah, and then it's five on five. So if you buy the album, you got, you know, five on one side, five mm-hmm. on the other. So I always like that, a good even amount. 
Yeah, I did, I, I did too. I hate I hate when like if it's like a three album LP and there's only yeah. like three songs on one side I, and then you have to flip. A right. lot of I'm my hip hop like, vinyl, <clears throat> you know, unfor- like because some of the songs run for a while, so a mm-hmm. lot of them are like that. Um, but I think it's good to just do the five and five, you yeah. know. If you like the B side a little more, you want to hear that first. Throw that on first. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I always. You were gonna say something too, right? Oh, yeah. We almost re-recorded um, "Roses Blue," didn't we? Yeah. So oh, we yeah, when we went into it, we were going to re-record "Roses Blue," and then we so we were going into it with the mindset of possibly tracking twelve songs, mm-hmm. and then we just decided not to. And then yeah, and then the one song we you know cut off, but it's crazy like. As far as time goes for vinyl, we had to trim like a lot of just like dead space and like the beginning and ending of songs because it like just like missed the mark of being too long wow, to go really? on a record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially side B because like the very last song is like six and a half minutes long, like that one alone. So how many stuff. minutes are on a on a standard on a I, standard vinyl? I think it's like you can get a maximum of twenty two minutes. But when you get into like that 21, 21 and a half range, you get into um, like the deeper part of the vinyl. So like it doesn't sacrifice the sound. I think it's just um, it's, it's just, hard to explain. I know Josh from Headwall explained it to me. It's just like the it's kind of like a like kind of like a bumper area. Yeah, time. yeah. And JC kind of explained it to who we recorded with at like right. bottom. So yeah. I could be completely wrong, but I know sometimes. Don't quote me on this, but I, I know a lot when the album ends, it'll run a couple grooves. Yeah. And like you said, that's the bumper space. So mm-hmm. I think it's good for the needle because then it lets the player know, lift the fucking needle and all that. Right. Don't quote me on that. But I I just know a lot of the records have that dead space at the end and then it lifts up. Cody is not an expert on records. I am not. Just for the record. I've spent so, a lot of money on them, but I yeah, don't same. know much about them. I've spent so much more money this year on records and I yet I still them. haven't hooked up. I, I bought a brand new record player. And then I have a I got speaker sets for my friend uh, for my friend and then the one thing that I'm missing and I can't I, for the life of me I can't think of the term it's what it connects everything together it's I don't know what it's called it's like the piece of machinery that connects like the for the sound you need the speakers. A, a stereo head no a receiver a receiver that's yeah, it that's just you know a, that's it I need I a receiver said that's that it. and I second yeah that's myself, you just get, so. I, I just run mine through a, you a, a, and the re- a, a stereo head yeah I I just I just need to find like better speakers and I just just because yeah. I bought a brand new with with some of the some of the the pandemic money i bought a brand new yeah. record player uh and, and just a nice audio yeah. technica i, I will and, uh, save i will say that the benefit of having cody move in because he just moved in with me back in mm-hmm. may uh he brought in his whole record setup because mm-hmm. i just have like a little like dinky like I don't even know what kind it is it sucks but it has like the speakers built in yeah it's it it it's I had something greatest, like that. Mine, mine broke. What's but, nice is our other roommate Jimmy. A couple of years ago, he gave me this uh, Tuffman. No, oh, no, okay. no. Jimmy, Jimmy Morgan. Okay, James Morgan. James Morgan. It's our first shout out. Of the uh, podcast. Probably he's playing he's, Destiny right he's now. He's probably he play, yeah. He's he games hair wild as hell. <laughs> <laughs> but he gave me this record player, and he was like, "I can't figure it out. It won't play." And the cartridge just had a wire that was kind of loose so i fixed that and i've had this record player this really nice technics record player for a while and uh so i started buying more records and more records mm-hmm. and now i got so many fucking records i don't know what to do with i them. bought I, I think i bought like 
at least a dozen records, including yeah. yours this year. So, oh, hell thank yeah. you. You know, yeah. well, as soon as as soon as it came out, as I like, here's pre-order done. Uh, I haven't even heard a song. Thank Fuck you. it, let's go. <laughs> Fuck yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's go. it's awesome though. Like, I'll, I'll be teaching like one room over from our living room, mm-hmm. and then he'll be cleaning, and I'll be teaching, and I'll be having like a stressful day, and I'm like, oh, he's playing Chet Baker, <laughs> and, oh. and and it's soothing. Or like most days, like lately, he's been on a big Bjork kick. So I'll, I'll oh, hear that a lot, and I love it. Okay, okay. So, so being guys that play heavier music, and I'm just broad stroking this. I know so many people that listen to Bjork or Lana Del Rey, or just like the complete other <laughs> yeah. opposite spectrum. Why? Uh, well, well, is it or is it not? Too. I mean, Bjork. That is outstanding. To hear. Bjork is amazing, yeah. uh, right? As far yeah. as like singing, nothing against produ- them. I, I, no, I, I just like I very confused. Yeah, it, and to be honest, I, I just turned thirty this last year, so like my, my, my taste in music has matured a little bit. Mm-hmm. So like maybe when I was eighteen or nineteen, Bjork would be like so weird to me to listen to. Mm-hmm. But then I listen to her now in the instruments and the production and her voice. I mean, she's like. She's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. So, and the then production. Drew Drew listens to a lot of like Depeche Mode, and we both like. Oh, Depeche was uh, rad. We and, like, like tears new, for we, fears yeah, and, and we love New Order and stuff like oh, that. And like, nice. we're really into Susie and the Banshees. Yeah, yeah he just, just turned me on to them the other day. Susie so, and the Banshees. Yeah, they're great. They're it's like I don't want to say it's like Joy Division, but it's in that realm mm-hmm. but a little it's it's different than that you're mm-hmm. gonna you're not gonna go in there and get that droney Susie it's, Manchies yeah they're it's a little been, more rough around yeah the they're edges. a little more rough around the edges but they're good yeah um, and, and I literally just listen to Willie Nelson yeah he listen and then day. and that's another thing a, you know we're listening to Marty Robbins and mm-hmm. Willie Nelson at the house and Chet Baker so it's like I listen to a lot of jazz too yeah yep. you know yeah, so like my grandfather was super into jazz and yeah. I still to this day can't get into jazz but like hit oh, what bro. he he was missing out well yeah. <laughs> well for him loving jazz for what it is it's it's almost the same when he was explaining to him it's the same realm as how i explained to others what post rock was for me sure yeah. because like that's like that's the realm of music that i got super into the last few years nice. uh after i turned 30 like for some reason like the whole idea of a whole instrumental album was like before then I was just like I would never even remotely listen to that and now I will I will gravitate to that more a lot of those like wall of sound type bands or yeah. like the, even like diving into like the shoegaze world and everything like in my younger years I would never understood uh, understood with that that realm of music and then getting into now in my mid 30s like that's what I'll gravitate more to because it's like the tones and the feelings and the, and yeah, the energy there's an it. atmosphere well, there when, when you're in high school you th- when you think of like instrumental you think of like a jam band yeah, yeah. like like, like, like fish or something yeah. fucking yeah, shit yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so like so you think there. of that but then <laughs> that ain't my shit yeah no. but then when no. like when, when you realize that there's very like melodic and ambient type mm-hmm. stuff of that style I mean like like Cody was the first person to ever show me um, explosions in the sky. Oh yeah, that absolutely. Is, yeah, which and is the, usually like the backbone of every post rock band, right? Ever. And that's exactly. That's, or like, even if you if you're not into if you want something with a little more like, oh, I want vocals on this. Appleseed Cast. Oh, yeah. is a great gateway into like post rock. You that know and I mean? American football. Yeah, all that stuff. Anything mm-hmm. that was like considered math rock or mm-hmm. emo in the early two thousands. Uh, I think I. I I used to love American football, and now I listen to more like I like the Promise Ring and mm-hmm. like uh, you know Texas is the reason and all those old bands. But I was um, just gonna say Texas. Yeah, they're great because they were they, they 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 started playing more popular 
rock stuff, but it wasn't compromised. It was still mm-hmm. hardcore rooted. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like aggressive, but still like super catchy and like easy melodic, to listen to. Or even yeah. like Sunny Day Real Estate. Yeah, Sunny Day. Sunny Day like yeah. some would say the godfathers of emo, if you will. I yeah. know that's like a corny term, but they. And a lot of people don't know that band, the rhythm section went on to be in Foo Fighters because Dave Grohl seen them play their last show and was like, I need this fucking rhythm section. Then he later fucked the drummer over mm. and he like redid his parts in studio. That part made me so mad oh, about that documentary. It, it, yeah, like, if you watch oh. the Foo Fighters documentary, like Dave Grohl dogs this dude out, plays the drum parts that he was supposed to play because he's like, I like them better this way. And then years later, he's like, I always felt bad about that. And the guy from Sunny Day is like, my confidence was completely shot for like eight years after oh, that. I, I could not imagine of all Dave people. Grohl Dave goes in and Dave Grohl your fucking like parts. Yeah. Wow. Just like the night you see him, he's like the nicest dude fucking ever in rock and roll. And all of a sudden, yeah. like, he just like crushed somebody's dream. You know? And he's the one who sought those guys out. Right. He's like, I like the band that you were in. I'm going to have you play. Because ri- Sunny Day's rhythm section was fucking unmatched. That bass player and drummer were insane. Hmm. And, uh, I mean, that documentary says it all, though. Dave was like, it's like years later, he's like, I feel so bad about how things went down. It's like, yeah, you fucking didn't say anything to him and replayed <laughs> it. <laughs> over hard. Yeah. <laughs>
So you're a musician. Your band's got the sound. You've written your own music. And now you need a studio to record it. Come to Laser Light Recording Studio, now open right here in town. Laser Light delivers the complete studio recording package for local musicians. High quality equipment, post processing, and mixing, plus a balanced range of musical instruments, amps, mics, and studio players for taking your dynamic sound to the next level, plus video ready capabilities. Toledo's Collaboration Station. The laser light atmosphere is a uniquely designed space centered on capturing the art of your performance. The studio is modeled around an unassuming environment, delivering both freedom and fulfillment. The laser light acres are the ideal setting to snap some photos for social media, playbills, and product releases. The world is calling. Pick it up. If you're a musician looking to record your music, come take a tour. Check out the vibe and book your session at Laser Light Recording Studio in Waterville. For more information, go to laserlightrecordingstudio.com. That's laserlightrecordingstudio.com. The idea of like maturing then, that was like a big subject matter uh, a lot of in this album. I mean, that the the one website, I, it, it escapes me right at this moment that uh, the time of this recording released like the early stream of it, going going deeper. Yeah, no, <laughs> sorry. Uh, uh, it, it, Cody was putting his hand on, uh, on uh, Evan's uh, thigh and then... Allegedly. Allegedly. That didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't happen, no. Allegedly. Uh, this is a normal Monday evening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the uh, it, a lot of the subject matter is about like maturity, uh, getting into you know your thirties and how life has changed and how life has been affected and things like that. And uh, I I always was um, I was I was always interested in that subject matter a little bit on this on this album, uh, diving into it uh, more, listening to the 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 pre release stream. Phenomenal, by the way. But thank you, thank you. Uh, it, you know, I really like that subject matter. That and also, um, uh, Cody, your your grandmother passing um, was yeah. like the biggest, like the two things that really like stood out for me. So, like, I want to start off with like kind of the maturing age. Like, what what was where was the point for you then, if there has been one, that you realized like, holy shit, like I'm a I'm a I'm an actual adult allegedly now. Like it's was there, was there a moment? Was it just the age? Was it like waking up and now your back hurts constantly? Is it is it all those memes that you thing. see? Yeah, yeah, it is a real thing. thing. Oh, that trust ha- me, that, it is. That happened to me two, three weeks ago. I had to teach for my bed because my back locked up. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. yeah. Is, it, was there a was there an actual moment of like of like you know you're no longer a kid you know you have you're a, you're a mature adult like was there was there a moment was it just a gradual thing? Uh, I moved out. I used to live with Eli, and I moved out on my own over the summer during quarantine, mm-hmm. and that was a little little weird because I just like live on my own, work every single fucking day, and it's just like okay, yeah, that's uh, got to be a little more responsible, yeah, and like. I was just gonna say, Drew things a little more smart. Drew's grown grown up a lot, man, because he like he only twenty five. He lives on his he oh, lives right. on his own. He's got two vehicles. He like goes to work every day. Yeah, like, yeah, two we were literally Whoa. just talking about this <laughs> yeah, on on the way up here. I was like, I'm, I was like, I would never say this to his face, but I'm really proud of that guy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, but he's I'll just like because it's it's easy to just live with someone and then like. They take part of half the rent. You take part of half mm-hmm. the rent. Or in our case, it's three way split. But mm-hmm. when you live on your own and you have all these more responsibilities, and you got to make sure your ass is up for work every day, and you got to make sure your house is clean and do all this shit, do your like, dishes, feed your cat, feed your cat, yeah. make sure Go your bills work. are paid Go on time because yeah. you know you can't have someone else front the three fifty or whatever the fuck you need. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm proud of him because he's 
I've known him since he was a little kid. Right. And, <laughs> and mine and Cody's living situation is even more interesting for me personally because pretty much what happened was, like, I took over my, like, childhood home. Mm-hmm. So, like, my parents just a year, literally, like, a year ago to right now, like, got a new house up in Woodhaven, Michigan, let the house for me to take care of and stuff. And so, to help out with bills, I had my friend Jimmy move in, then Cody moved in later on. And just, like... I don't know, like, with me being now 28 and, like, really, like, having to kind of catch up with all my friends that have had to, you know, like, really grow up and, like, become an actual adult, like, it's it's weird. I was explaining it to my girlfriend one time. It, it literally feels like overnight I went from 18 to 28, mm-hmm. and it hits you harder than you will ever like, imagine. Yeah, it's crazy <laughs> so how hard it is. It's super weird to me that I turned 35 in a couple of months and I'm in the process of buying my first home. You know, oh, I... Congratulations. I, yeah, thank congrats. You. Thank yeah, you. That's amazing. That's huge. Uh, it's a big it's, step. Well, yeah. we, it's a goal. We, talk about some positives, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Well, we, 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 yeah. My wife and I, I mean, my wife and I this year, we celebrated five years of marriage. Hell yeah. You know, congratulations. congratulations. <laughs> yeah. For you. It's, it's so weird. Like, just all the things that have happened. Like, Peapod you know, living his best life. I, uh, just about. <laughs> uh, I mean, we did recently get a puppy, so that's been really rad. Um, I mean, yeah. tell us more. What, I know. Shit. We won the lottery. No, uh, I wish. God, I wish. I'm driving a Rolls Royce. <laughs> no, I actually have to be in the process. Are you wearing a Rolex new, right new, now? Damn. Same talk. brain, bro. Are hey, those Louis Vuitton loafers? man's out here. Louis V. Louis V. He's stunned. <laughs> the, the drip on this guy. God damn. Yeah. Uh, no, Oozing it's just like a, lot, but like a lot of those things that like when you think you're an adult and like you never realize that you like you would experience all of a sudden like, you know, you, you marriage, kids or, you know, two point, you know, uh, uh, adults and white picket fence and all that, all that shit when you realize that and then you are living it, you still don't feel like, I still feel like I'm just like a punk ass kid because I work in an industry that's kind of skews older and all of my coworkers are 10, 15 years older than me. So when I'm like very excited to explain to them, I like how this, you know, I have to explain to them all about like what podcasting is. And I'm going to, I know that I'm going to get blank looks from people not understanding what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about. And I'm just like, Oh man. And then, and then like when I get really excited or I just think, something is super dumb and I'd be uh, I'd be way out there and just saying no this is dumb because and they all look at me like yeah I'm that punk ass millennial like I'm that guy <laughs> I'm staring you in the face yeah I'm that guy whatever but like it's really weird to be an adult and and realize all the stuff you get, get but then when I talk to people younger than me or even just seeing women who are younger than me and I'm just like y- y'all are kids you're like you're seriously kids until like you're at least 25 in yeah. my book I work I work with a lot of younger people and uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm the exact opposite. I feel old now mm-hmm. because I'm working with all these young people, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> but they don't act any certain. Like they're all pretty down, I guess I would say. They they know what's up because like I'm not this. I don't like old person that doesn't know right like shit. I you know what TikTok? That sounded so weird going out, but like yeah, I know. Like, what's yeah. a what's a meme? Yeah, yeah, like. <laughs> I, I can at least relate to them on some sort of level, right? You know, but uh, as far like I'm one of the oldest people that work there. I think the the people that are old, like four years older than me, five years older than me, is like the oldest people. My boss is 36, right? So like, and that's what's crazy because because I worked with him at that piece of place over the summertime, and it's like 
you know, like so he so he he's thirty now, mm-hmm. and he's he said he's one of the oldest people there, and I was just under him being twenty eight, but like me and Cody when we hang out, I feel like me and him are still like you know twenty two twenty three. It's 15. like like, like yeah. it's, it's <laughs> I mean, no like it's it's just crazy to think, and especially with how long this band's been together. I mean, yeah. we're coming up on so we're coming up on almost seven years of outside being an wow. actual band, and then Drew's been in the band for. Uh, four, four, you know, four and of those that's years. That's crazy to think about. I yeah. mean, Drew's been playing in bands even before that too, yeah, playing in Dismantle, and then like you know, and, and we've been playing shows all together. So like, me and Cody have known Drew since he was like what, like eighteen, nineteen, seventeen, I think seventeen, yeah, yeah, Very young. Because so. BLV used to be this Bowling this, Green, the spot in Bowling Green that we would have all the shows at, and by we, I mean the guys in Dismantle live mm-hmm. there. And uh, that's where I met Drew. That's where I met Matt Gruen, mm-hmm. Sean, all those guys. Met all you know, my friend, our friends. Literally yeah. all our friends that we are still tight Pat with now. Clay. All those guys. Oh, yeah, it was it was a really nice uh, spot to go to. And then they moved out, and everyone stayed close because all all those people just moved to Toledo. Mm-hmm. You know, so it it stayed the same. And then OT started having crazy shows with Joey booking. I mean, the first outside show was. Uh, or one of the first was us pity sex and nothing at mm-hmm. Ottawa Tavern. Like, God, I miss pity sex. Yeah, they're, they're, they're I, I just jammed band. them like a week ago. Wait, Ryan doesn't understand. Out, out, out of context, out of, out of context. Pity sex was a band out of the Ann Arbor, Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor area, and they were they were they were a big deal. And they, I interviewed them um, right before. The precursor of the podcast happened in the last incarnation of the radio station I'm on for all those outside listeners, um, outside the area listeners, excuse me. Um, but, you know, it, it's wild. And it shows you that, like, age is just like a mentality. It, it might be just a number, and it makes you realize, like, what you could be good and apply for uh, in life and everything. Uh, and then that's it. Like, you know, Maybe you get to a certain age and your doctor goes, eh, maybe you need to cut down on the shit you eat. That's that's about it. That's that's where age actually does come – becomes a factor. Other than that, it's all mentality. Yeah, I can't drink milk anymore. Me neither. I got old and then I'm super <laughs> lactose intolerant. Mm-hmm. It's fucked. Mm-hmm. We, we have lactate and old Yeah, milk in it's our in fridge, like so. the older I get, the worse my stomach is. It's fucked up. Yeah, I have the worst acid reflux it's... and heartburn problems ever. My and... wife loves ice cream and it's so hard for me to find like a good lactose free ice cream yeah. until fairly recently. Anything that with oat milk, oat milk it makes oh, the best ice yeah. cream. That sounds oh, it's good. It's good. It's go, good. To, go to Kroger or whatever. Like they have a huge I selection of the... oat milk. I think the lactate milk we get has <laughs> such a dumb name. I know, right? Yeah, yeah, lactate. I think they make like smoking a blunt was like lactate. <laughs> Dude, that's funny, Johnny. <laughs> Johnny, yeah. pass the blunt, Johnny. <laughs> lactate. It's like all these mi- like bread. like. Like a businessman are just like in suits, smoking weed for the very first time, snorting so like, coke. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Lactate. <laughs> well, it's like, and if you say it fast, it's only like you're saying lactate. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, so it's like, yeah, I like lactate milk. Oh, oh, no shit. Cool, <laughs> cool like, man. All right, no shit. Cool. <laughs> Great story. Wow, Evan, you're mean. <laughs> Fucking dick. I try to be. <laughs> Actually, he's the nicest dude. For Evan is yeah, the nicest dude. Really like, nice. legit. No I mean, and so probably much. one of the best drummers in this area, bar none. 
Have you heard me play drums, people? No, I know you did it on the album. <laughs> no, that wasn't. That was Sorry, Drew. Drew. <laughs> no, that I know Cody hell, just dude. stood stuff. Yeah, I did. I'm out of here. I did. Yeah, he's like you fucking crediting <laughs> him where I played fuck, drums. Sorry. No, I don't care. It's funny. <laughs> did you even listen to the album? Did I, I actually <laughs> record those drums? Oh yes, that's you did. right. Okay. God, oh, that seems so long ago. My brain. It was a long time ago. That's what's funny about this album. Yeah, it was over a year ago, and uh. We kept. I kept thinking like, "Oh, we gotta get this out. We gotta get this out." I've been, I think he was thinking that too. And then we were like, "No one's rushing except for yeah, us." Right. Like, and then COVID happened. But I was just glad that we got it done before all that shit. I was actually Same. living in Toledo, well, Sylvania, like nine miles from here, mm-hmm. at my dad's, and JC's was right around the corner. Mm-hmm. So I was going over there a lot during COVID. Um, but then I moved back to Monroe, and. Uh, it was just funny because I would go over there and we wouldn't really do anything outside related. We like were fucking around with like other riffs and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, we had just listened to the album so much that I just needed like a break from it for right. a minute. And then I was like, I listened to it again. And I was like, man, I just want this fucking thing to be out so people can hear it. And like Seriously. we we were doing the stream today, and I was really really glad about that, mm-hmm. so everyone could hear the full thing. Because, like, yeah, I leaked it to a couple of my friends and shit, like, just so they could hear it. I remember and, like, Evan giving me early demos of it. Oh, yeah. really? Mm-hmm. I, I always try to keep the, the people informed. That's right. And this is the number one information spot right here. Exactly. Right now. Right now. You're fucking You're listening. Listening. Right now. One look. I was really lo- I was really yeah, excited. The website actually, uh, you guys, uh, uh, Evan shouted me out in the in Obviously. the website, and then he like they like oh, yeah. linked it to the Facebook page. And I'm like, holy shit, this is oh, awesome. Yeah. We were talking about that too, and mm-hmm. I was like, Evan's Evan's smart about mm-hmm. like uh, setting flattering setting cr- things up because like I would not that I would look over any of that stuff or mm-hmm. like forget to shout you out or anything, but like right. he just is he's he's on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like. All the bands we listed at the end, like yeah. those are bands that we support. Those mm-hmm. are bands that we love, and those are our friends. And like we want people to know about them. So like if it means like putting it at the bottom of a review or something mm-hmm. like that, it's like why not? You know, bo- just shout everyone out, get right. everyone on the same. You know, because fuck it. I mean, that was it's, the all Tol- it's all Toledo, and we want everyone to to be known and have their music heard and shit like that. Absolutely. Like, it, there's so many good bands in Toledo that nobody knows about. Like, but, it's crazy. And, and, and the blog, when when Josh sent me, like, the template for, mm-hmm. like, what they wanted, it was a Idiot EQ. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, they were like, is there anything else you like to promote or are there any bands? And I was like, you know, like, you know, since they're asking me, why not take this time to talk about that? And, and I try to really think about more than just, like, the bands that people in Toledo would know already. I mean, mm-hmm. I talked about, you know, the Toledo bands, and I talked about, like, some of Drew's projects that he's been working mm-hmm. on, like Mutilatrid and Manka. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like, I was trying to think of, like, other bands in Metro Detroit that I feel like need more um, of a spotlight. I talked about a band called Jesus Wept that's out of Metro mm-hmm. Detroit. Great um, band. Sh- shout out to Chris. Yeah, um, good band. Uh, they're Great just a, people. Just a really good band. I mean, Drew could probably describe it a little bit better than I could. They're um, like pissed off, like uh, like street punk, but like metal. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a, in. Like Marty a, yeah, like a motor heady, but like it's uh, very metal, but punky but metal. punk. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the drums set it apart. I Picture think. a leather jacket playing uh, Gibson Explorer, <laughs> and all right. 
having I yeah, see it. Yeah. just the leather jacket yeah. and just like a leather. fucking <laughs> just a ghost ghost playing <laughs> so yeah so like you know bands like that or another band that our friend um, Nick and Mike are in their uh, Wounded Touch mm-hmm. uh, they're really good too just like really fast like heavy like pissed off music mm-hmm. um, for fans I, of like Converge mm-hmm. I think they Bosh. just Bosh. dropped a video recently too um, so yeah they're just really trying to you know, stay busy and do stuff, and I'm just uh, I'm just trying to focus on like bands that are really like, not only like do they exist, but during a pandemic they're like trying to put out music and trying to keep doing stuff. Oh, like, absolutely! You know, out of Toledo, Hanging Fortress just dropped a mm-hmm. new album, which is cool to like see a young band do that. Um, just I don't know, we're just trying to like bring everyone else up at the same time. Well, that's the the, the biggest theme of of my world, per- personal and professional, is is rising tides raises all ships. If we can connect, and we were talking about this before we got started, like if that. we can connect people, yeah, thank you. It's if we can connect people and have other artists. You know, share the platform. We can use this platform and our platform to show other people their platform. You know, it just helps everybody out in the end. Like, we're not trying to, like, yeah, we'll have guests for, like, clout reasons or everything. But it's also because, like, at the end of the day, like, I'm a fan for that stuff. And I'm very excited. And maybe, hopefully, if someone, you know, who really was into one of the more higher-end, more known acts, and then they discover somebody else on, you know, the podcast or their connection or their mentions and everything, it's just a spider web of all of these people. And at the end of the day, we're all helping each other in a part of a country that doesn't get enough love as it is. Right. Right. I think a big part of that, too, was when we were doing the mixed bill shows Mm -hmm. uh, at Ottawa Tavern with, like, outside, Mm -hmm. and then you'd have, like, equipment play but then you'd have like mutilator play and bone folder play i would like, always do mixed sing, uh, mixed uh genre shows or outside always. we we did a, a couple shows with our buddy kevin who does black uh black market black market RX. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and 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 it was a lot of fun and it's like it's opening people who wouldn't necessarily maybe listen to hip-hop like so much they're like seeing the energy and it matches the same thing we're doing so it's like why wouldn't these two artists play mm-hmm. together you know what i mean i always like that and just like I always love playing a heavier bill show with outside because a lot of the bands that will come out of town, they play every night with hardcore bands Mm -hmm. and they play with metal bands every night and they're like having to hear the same fucking shit over and Mm -hmm. over again. But then, you know, we've, we've been told like, it's nice. It's refreshing to hear like, you know, emo band or a shoegaze band on a hardcore bill. And Mm -hmm. it's like, that's cool to me because then those guys are actually listening to us because we stood out on that show. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Because if you're like an opener and you're just kind of run-of-the-mill hardcore band or something, you're going to keep opening and doing that shit for a minute. But if you keep pushing it and, like, say you're a hardcore band and you start hopping on some rock shows or, like, some hip-hop shows or Mm -hmm. something, people will be like, oh, that fucking band goes and does everything. You know what I mean? I think it's just kind of cool to do mixed bill shows because it gives you the opportunity to get new fans from that might necessarily not listen to you. You know what I mean? I mean, one of the coolest shows I got to go to with Cody like a year or two ago was uh, like No Warning and Little Ugly Mane. That show was uh, fucking crazy. And who else, dude? Who else? It was it was Never Ending Game, No Warning, Little Ugly Mane, and then like I think Freedom played. So it was like all these hardcore bands and Little Ugly Mane's like this like chopped and screwed like just. That's a phrase I haven't heard in a minute, the chopped and screwed. Yeah, and he really, like, he does, like, he takes his whole style, his aesthetic, like, it's like DJ Screw in 
2020. It's wow. great. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, but we've seen him, and he's, like, friends with all those guys in those bands. So, like, all these people came to see Little Ugly Mane, and then there was just all these kids here that were, like, trying to see Freedom and Never Ending Game and shit, and it was wild. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, as far, that was probably the most, like, mixed bill that I've personally been to. I can't really think of. Like, when I think I saw it, Sumac <clears throat> Dalek played, and it's, it's like a group. It's like a noisy industrial hip hop mm-hmm. group like they have like a dude that plays mm-hmm. like has a bunch of pe- like uh, pedals and stuff and he does samples and loops and stuff this other dude raps over it and it's so cool and then Sumac is just like an absurdly heavy like just metal heavy band I don't mm-hmm. even know just extremely heavy like melodic and dissonant band and it was just like a very cool thing to see one of the first shows I ever went to was Coheed and Cambria, uh, Me Without You, The Blood Brothers. Whoa. It wow. Was f- and I was really into The Blood Brothers at the time. I was really into Coheed. I was really into Me Without You. I was, like, so stoked to go to this. Is that state theater. And uh, I get there, and we're, like, waiting for Blood Brothers to play. And if you're not familiar with them, they're just a weird fucking band from the early 2000s. Like, they're just spazzy whiny weird very very uh flamboyant you know so there's all these like prog metal coheed fans there waiting for coheed to play and like their fans are fucking diehard Mm -hmm. tattoos of the key work like crazy shit and we get their blood brothers start playing and literally anyone who was like trying to push pit or mosh was getting like beat up (laughs) <laughs> and like people were getting spit on, like oh wow, they were saying obscenities to the Blood Brothers and shit. You know, it was like if Blood Brothers had been billed with Cannibal Corpse, like <laughs> I would expect that reaction. I would go to that and t- oh I my would, god, I'd buy all the tickets. And I'd be I'd be a liar if I said Coheed wasn't amazing. Because then ten years to the day, I went and seen them play at State Theater again, which is now Fillmore, and they're doing their ten year for that album, mm-hmm. and it was like nothing had changed. Same people were there, like it was fucking crazy. But I just remember that being the first mixed bill I went to was Blood Brothers and Coheed and Cambria, and the Blood Brothers got shown zero love, except for me and my buddy John, John Gilbert. He was OG. the real, the real one. Yeah, and like I just remember being like, this is crazy. And the Blood Brothers were probably making so much fucking money for like oh. them oh, at yeah. the time, you know, because State Theater was packed, dude. But then they were getting called all types of shit. It was crazy. <laughs> and me, I was like, fuck you, I love the Blood Brothers. So I was like starting the pit <laughs> and shit like that. And like I didn't give a fuck. But I was there to see Coheed too. So I was like torn. I was like, I love this band, I love this band, but I'm getting hated on by everybody for liking this band. And then that's when I made a firm decision that I'm never going to give a fuck what anybody thinks about what I personally listen to. Right. Fuck them. Right. Fuck them. And that's the biggest thing. It's like you, it's your like. So if you, oh, if it yeah. responds to you in some sort of fashion. And, and that band that, opened my go. eyes at the time to shit that I had never really heard before. The Blood Brothers were crazy. Yeah. You know? Th- through them, I started listening to The Locust and all that crazy. Did shit, all this know, like, all this musical evolution in your your touch and your taste like affect the recording for for Green and you? Did it, like did you want to step up the game from the self titled album for absolutely. off of Clegg? You know, for for this new new record, you know, like what what did you want to try to do different for this? Well, I know that f- we had a lot of conversations like 
literally day one after the self-title came out of like you know what things that we could do differently and, and i know i know like you know with drew being so like you know in tune with like like he's very specific with what he wants for guitar stuff and day one since the last record me and him have conversations of like you know we could have done this or we could do this so i think we really want to try to like use that record as a good like uh stepping stone of like you know we know now what we need to do to get the product that we are really stoked about like fully not to say that we weren't but I think that looking back, like like right now, like how I feel about Green and You right now, is a lot different than how I was feeling about the self-titled when it came out. Because there's a lot of things that I could pick apart and like, like uh, you know, I could have done this differently with drums, or we could have done this vocally differently. But with this, I think like we really pushed it to where like we didn't settle for anything. Um, when it came to the mixes, I mean that was really what took the longest amount of time was the mixing because I would just sit in the studio with JC. And we would just go through song by song. And he and, was so patient with us yeah, about this whole so process. Yeah, because <clears throat> like he said, we, we got done with the first full length and we would listen back to it and we would be so excited because it was new for us and like, it's a full length, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then over time you start picking shit apart or you hear somebody say, oh, the vocals were low. or And you start thinking about it. So when we went in the studio the second time, I think we were like, no, we want to do like a rock record, like have it be heavy, but not compromise the melody, mm-hmm. but still have it to where it's like you know that these are these are heavy riffs that we're trying to play, but still have the the melodic side to it too. And uh, I think it came out good because JC was patient with us. He helped me with my bass tracks, push as hard as I could, and like you know he sat with me and made sure that everything sounded tight and good. And I I love it.
very exciting to to see the evolution of you guys and and, and the music coming out. And uh, the one final thing I wanted to touch upon a little bit is you know the idea of uh, l- uh, love and death in this record as well. And I, I want to touch on the death part first because I you know I I was super close with my grandparents and you know the tattoo on my right arm and, like uh, is in dedication of it with the clock. Um, and you know, they've had a big effect on me more than like anybody else would, even my own family. So hearing about some of the stories like you did, uh, especially about like how, you know, you you still had your grandmother's flowers from the, from the funeral and in your room to the point that like she even spoke to you in, 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 in time like that, that like when I read that on the idiot EQ interview, like that, that hit my heart, my, my heart hard. Like, I was just like, wow. Like, I feel like that's coming from. Yeah, it was, uh, so my mom moved when I was 19, mm-hmm. and I lived with my grandma for a while, and we were real close. And we lived at the house that my family had built in Monroe. Then that house got took by the bank, whatever, and then I started living on my own. Mm-hmm. I think I was like 20, 21. But uh, I always stayed close with my grandma. Like, she was just my person that I would go to. You know what I mean? So when I had to sit with her for those three days while she was passing away, it was like how you were saying earlier, when did you feel like you grew up? It was honestly watching her die. I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, because I handled it how I felt I should. I was there with my mom the whole time. I was there with my family. I stayed there, you know. Um, And I think that really kind of pushed me into a different mindset, you know, because I had lost people before but this one really kind of fucked me up Mm -hmm. and then the whole thing with the flowers like yeah i i I kept her flowers for a while and i have this rose petal that i have uh that i put in a book because my mom was like if you put in a book it'll like keep it whatever yeah but yeah i had that fucked up dream where she uh she was like this isn't helping you you need to cut this shit out so i kind of i i still didn't get rid of the flowers i left them where they were because like i said i moved to my dad's i was going through some shit and uh, I think I I think I told my buddy at the time I was like just get rid of them for me you know what I mean like mm-hmm. he even asked before because he knew uh, but yeah I think that whole situation and me writing about it I mean Evan had just gone through the same thing a couple of years before that with his grandpa passing mm-hmm. and that was hard for him and that was hard for me to see him go through that and like so when it happened to me I was like I was prepared because she had gotten sick and she had stayed sick and gotten a little bit better but we had moved her into a home so that was a whole fucking thing too and uh writing about it i feel like i got what i wanted to say out because like Street, like we said on the idiot eq thing is like part one almost Mm -hmm. and then flowers from is like part two Mm -hmm. so like Street's her passing away me dealing with that and then flowers from is her kind of like reaching out and i don't really believe in higher power or any of that shit but Mm -hmm. like i had that dream and it shook me up you know what i mean right woke up kind of like what the fuck man and uh yeah so that's what that that whole situation just threw me into a more mature how to handle things you know what i mean and i think it was just dealing with her like seeing the deterioration of her throughout the three days it was just kind of toughened me up a little bit Mm -hmm. so 
even you referencing like cardinals and stuff because yeah. I, I remember like you were on the Weird phone you're you on the phone with your mom recently talking about that because uh, in both songs he references like cardinals mm-hmm. um and he, and he can touch more on that but he was talking to his mom over the phone and he pointed that out to her and and they were both relating on that and like i just thought that that was really cool that that's something that you two have talked about like, yeah. that symbolism my mom told me she was like Every time a cardinal's around, that was your grandmother. Like, mm-hmm. that was her favorite bird, like, whenever she would be in Myrtle Beach. And when my grandma got sick, I know this This sounds like goofy shit, but this is what happened. Um, my mom seen a cardinal flying around her yard. I swear to it, I seen a cardinal that was flying around me in Scott's apartment. It was weird, man. The room she died in was room 311. The house we lived on was 311 cast street like all this weird shit cardinals outside the hospital like so it was just this weird like all this shit i never believed in and all these the spiritual shit it kind of shook me up for a minute and like now i'm i'm in a place where i still don't have a lot of spiritual connection to anything i'm pretty i'm pretty jaded on a lot of shit i recently got in a little bit of trouble and like that fucking turned me sour you Mm -hmm. know what i mean um, but that being able to write that with these guys and having Evan sing it and sing it how with, cause he knew how I felt. Mm-hmm. So like having him sing it and it came out just how I wanted. It was like, it was like paying respect to my grandma in the way mm-hmm. that I wanted. You know what I mean? Cause it was a I, very cathartic thing to do. Yeah, exactly. Cause like you're talking about all this deep shit and you're, you're referencing death a lot because there's another song on the album that's like straight up about people that decide to jump off the golden gate bridge Mm -hmm. i had no other shit to write about and i was like watch this crazy documentary called the bridge and uh i just started looking up the dates because i was like man they were talking about this place is beautiful that's why a lot of people jump off of there and i was like man that'd be crazy to write about and then i looked up some of the stories from like way back in the day Mm because i didn't want to talk about anything that somebody would recognize from now Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i didn't want to step on anyone's toes or Mm -hmm. disrespect anybody but these were like stories from like 19 fucking like 54 yeah you know old ass stories and we don't i don't say anybody i don't say anybody's name or anything but yeah it was just this album for how much melody is in it there's a lot of dark i mean just go on the idiot eq and read the the Mm write-ups that we did because like it's not just about my grandma passing away like evans right. had had his buddy pass away from mm-hmm. an overdose uh there's just songs about him dealing with situations with his family mm-hmm. and how he deals with them which are very personal and deep and it's like if you take the time to dive into the lyrics i think that's what the longevity of this record will really be the riffs are so good that at first listen you're gonna be like fuck yeah this is sick but if you sit down with it and actually pick apart what we're saying like I think that's where it's going to mm. start sticking with people. And, like, that's where you get that, like, cult following because they're like, man, this album's fucking crazy. Because mm-hmm. there's certain albums I listen to that the lyrics, like, they just mean so much to me at certain times. Mm-hmm. And then there's shit I just listen to just to listen to. You know what I mean? So I hope, I'm hoping for people this is one of those records that like if they're going through like you said you read that and it hit you mm-hmm. and, you know like that's a song that'll stick with you you know mm-hmm. what i mean and so. i think at the same time it kind of goes back to the first like you said like the two topics or the two themes like maturing and then with death mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like i think we can all agree that like you know it i don't know what it is like to me it seems like 
people passing away happens more and more the older you get, or maybe mm-hmm. you just start seeing it more. You're just recognizing I, and it. You just it start more. recognizing it, and it's just like, um, you know, like, like for me, like one of the songs Cody talked about that I wrote was about like an old friend of mine from church when I was younger. Um, he like was in a worship band that I played in, and really great guy, phenomenal guy. Um, has a family and all this stuff. And then as we got older, I found out more and more that he was having drug problems and so on and so forth. And and he ended up overdosing and passing away. And um, so that song was just kind of written in the perspective of like him trying to, in spirit, comfort, you know, his wife and their daughter who, you know, they lost a husband, they lost a father. And, um, obviously I, I had, I, I haven't dealt with that kind of situation before, you know, and I'm fortunate for that. But at the same time, it's like, uh, nothing makes you realize your own mortality more than seeing the mortality of others, Mm -hmm. like running out and Mm -hmm. it's, it's wild. And so I feel like those themes and those topics and those kind of thoughts, like when I was 21, 22, I wasn't thinking about like losing people like that i wasn't thinking about the fact that like my parents will pass away one day like i don't i didn't think about that at that Mm -hmm. age now 28 i like i'm thinking about that all the time especially with fucking especially now with like and even now with being in like a pandemic and everyone being at risk and like you know our and our parents are only getting older Mm -hmm. they're only you know developing more and more possible health complications that could be just pushed even farther with this crap going on it's just i don't know so like it the record just really touches on all those feelings that i've i've never had to feel before and um and it was interesting for me too because this was the first outside release where it's 100 percent me singing on everything mm-hmm. and um so like i don't know there's some moments singing those parts in the studio that like i was not really singing i was just really expressing and like what I was feeling at that moment in time. Because mm-hmm. some of those lyrics were written, you know, anywhere from two years prior to literally the week of me recording them. And some of it just came out as, you know, just as smooth as I ever would think. But at the same time, like, it it was stressful too. I don't know. That's what's crazy is we, I, I know he had lyrics for a while. And I also, like, after that situation, I wrote those lyrics. Mm-hmm. And then... Evan having the ear for, you know, Drew's riffs was able to put them over everything and it sounded in my opinion it sounded great. Um but yeah, that this album like he said it's like dealing with those that that maturity and the things that are happening while you're kind of realizing, oh, this is what being a grown adult is about. Mm-hmm. People are dying in this and then that becoming the norm. Like, okay, so my grandma died I think it was four years ago. No, not it was less than that. But you know, who's now? I'm thinking who will pass away next? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and that that sucks. That that has to be a mindset. But if you don't prepare yourself for it, then you're just gonna get blindsided by it, and then you're gonna be an emotional fucking wreck. Right. You know. So I think being an adult, part of it is setting yourself up for those big losses like that, mm-hmm. and preparing yourself for loss. And then the other side of things, you know, getting those big gains in the last uh, album, uh, uh, last song on the album, Riverwalk, is almost like a love story and, a, and almost a thank you letter in a sense to your your home. Yeah, it's 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 strange, like how 
like the the lyrical content in that song when I first wrote it, it was really just about because um, I like I wrote that song, you know, back when we like just put out that full length, uh, the last full length, mm-hmm. and when I wrote that one, that song was pretty much just about like pretty much living in an environment where like people are becoming more and more angry as the days go on people are becoming more i guess ignorant if you will there's no love that's being shared anymore Mm -hmm. and like me and cody with us living in monroe our entire lives like monroe was at one time like i would say a town that thrived with culture and and there were people that were passionate about things and it's just slowly but surely deteriorating and then now this pandemic's pushing even farther away but then like for me by the end of it when i decided to write the song i you know I was able to, you know, uh, develop a you know a really good relationship that I'm still in right now, and not only that, also have been like, uh, like bettering myself professionally, mm-hmm. uh, bettering myself uh, mentally in a time and in a place where I would normally think that wouldn't be the case. So um, yeah, so like when I rewrote the second part where all the instruments come in. Um, I pretty much just just said that like, even though this is a good situation or this is a good person coming into my life that I want to sh- you know share those feelings with, like I'm welcoming that, even mm-hmm. though in a way like I'm scared to because everything around me in this environment isn't giving me a reason to. I'm still welcoming this because it's a good feeling that I want to cling on to, mm-hmm. and that's why you know I wanted the record to end on that note where it's like a, it's an understanding of. No matter how low everything will get, there's always just a little something that you can find that mm-hmm. can blossom into something even bigger than you ever imagined. It's so rad seeing you guys develop and as as people and as musicians. And, you know, even when we first got together a few years ago and re-listening that that those stories and those experiences and everything, and then coming into here and having you know like a real understanding about what the world, at least a better understanding about the world around us and and how to take it instead of just kind of like tossing it away. Like it, it, it's kind of beautiful seeing the growth uh, of everything and being the growth of musicians. I'm like, yeah, we can still like, you know, fuck around and, you know, be ridiculous and be obnoxious when we can. But like, you know, yeah. I think that's the beautiful thing about being like a more quote unquote mature adult is, you know, when you can, you can laugh around and you can, you know, bullshit with people and then you can know when you need to step up and, and, and do things when you need to. Yeah, there's just a lot of uh, crazy shit going on. So it's like if we were to come in here with... Because if you listen to the last podcast, we were just <laughs> we were just going nuts. Yeah. Having, having a good time. But to come in here and act like there weren't certain things weighing on us and, uh, act, you know, like I said, we're all working and we're all... <clears throat> trying to get through this pan this pandemic without losing our fucking minds right Seriously. It's, it's 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 and at first it was kind of like okay you know i was working in toledo i worked at a restaurant and at nine o'clock that night they shut down mm-hmm. and i was like thank god i didn't want to fucking work here anymore anyways <laughs> but then a month had passed and i was like oh they're not calling me back yet so i moved back to monroe and got my job back because i knew they were still open and now i'm i'm you know i make a decent amount of money whatever but the fact that I had to uproot and go relocate to find a mm-hmm. job and shit because my unemployment wasn't going through Ohio at the time, it was like, I was like, fuck, man, this is actually a real situation. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't just make believe. 
you know? So yeah. when I see people still, like I said, my mom just got over COVID, mm-hmm. so I don't take the shit lightly, you no. know? I respect all you guys wearing your masks and yep. hearing shit, because, like, it's, it's fucking crazy right now, so... It is. So you can definitely hear a difference in tone in our voice from the last podcast yeah. to now. Yeah, you know? it's a little more bleak, and we're just a little Yeah, more, we're, uh, we're, we're a little ran out. It's, and, and I... And, I don't think bleak is necessarily the best. I mean, it is in a sense, but I don't think it's the the the, the broad stroke of the description because you know it, it, this is all natural. We're supposed to feel like this yeah. because yeah. we're really dealing with it in 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 the real sense. We're not yeah. in the you know you know you know rainbows and unicorns feelings about it. Like this oh. is like just it, real raw. If, and, we, and if we came in here, yeah. if we came in here laughing it up like last time the whole time, people would listen and be like, "Who the hell yeah, are these exactly?" Guys? Here's the reality too: <laughs> is to people that yeah. maybe maybe didn't necessarily know they had depression or could mm-hmm. deal with those things this situation is bringing a lot of that out of people yeah. that necessarily were like oh i was happy in my day to day but now that my routine is fucked up like i'm starting to feel these symptoms that a lot of my friends or shit have talked about before so like like now you understand like yeah you now know- i think i think as much as there's some misunderstanding with people because mm-hmm. you're always going to have those fucking assholes that are I don't believe in this and the government that it's like, dude, I do not have the time. Mm-hmm. I don't have the patience for that shit mm-hmm. anymore. Like this is bigger than all of us. Yeah. So just take care of yourself and take care of everyone around you. But, uh, I think a lot of people are getting struck with, Oh, I'm stuck at home a lot. I'm around my kids a lot. I'm starting to get depressed. This life is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. I can't just shovel them off to school. Right. You know, so well, no one has that escape. Yeah, and no one has that excuse anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, they did that shit at school. Evan had to deal with some shit o- online, and, you know, the parents like, I can't watch them all the time. And it's like, well, <laughs> you can. <laughs> you can. That's you should be watching. Yeah, you yeah. know. But I just think I think everyone's dealing with it in their own way. Some people are choosing not to believe that this is actually happening, and then some people are just trying to live their life day to day, Yeah, which is what I'm doing. Right. Because fuck, man. And I that's all you can do. tomorrow. But yeah, like and, I said, I'm uh, out here fighting a case. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta live but, every day like it's the goddamn last. Literally, dude. And be mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It's hard to be. positive You should probably right now, smoke. You, you guys got to be feeling positive about jamming, though. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah that's no, we're, we got, yeah. Fuck right? yeah, dude. But yeah, that sadly I get doesn't this place cure split in half, man. <laughs> right. But then we'll go home. <laughs> you go home and then you post, go. You'll post have the mixes jam. in a few days, though. Like, <laughs> All right. And, 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 then, and of course, you know, you can go check out the uh, Green and You. Uh, by the time this podcast episode uh, drops, it, it will be out. And hopefully you get a better understanding about, the, you know, the people behind the music that you're enjoying. And uh, get a better understanding about where they're going and, uh, you know, the sky's the limit uh, when things, uh, when the skies open up again. <laughs> so, right. Um, Ryan, you got anything else you want to add? No, I, I actually, that was very deep. Uh, mm-hmm. I love that sometimes these, these, these casts, you know, they go into a very light place. They mm-hmm. go into sometimes a, a darker place. But that was awesome. Welcome to the world, Very man. Very in depth, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. Well, and, thank and, you for uh, letting us do this. Yeah, thank you, man. Element. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a you know, really it's nice. Like, it's like the Deftones. You know, I, I wonder how many. T- every time I listen to the Deftones, I wonder how many people are actually listening to the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Right. The music is so amazing, but 
That's how I feel. The about lyrics are just yeah, as yeah quick literally, quick dude. Because like, you can get caught in their riffs, so but like if you listen, to, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't like, mean he, to that's you that's no, what I we're stoked about. And, on the way up yeah. Yeah. No, man, it was just like. Yeah, ready to rock, brother. Yeah. Excellent. All right. So thank you guys so much. Yeah. If you want to get in touch with outside, how do we do so? Uh, so like <laughs> all of our Evan's personal phone number. I should just fucking. <laughs> I'm just like seven three four four two zero six nine. Dude, let's nine, drop it six, and then we'll just have to fucking leave it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. Uh, pretty, laser light. No. <laughs> pretty much all, all of our social media is just outside the band. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Does it still go outside bandcamp.com? It's yeah. actually OnlyFans slash seven three four Cody. <laughs> Good lord. Seven hundred and thirty four dollars in charge. But yeah, uh the the new record as of <laughs> right now is on the head to wall records uh bandcamp. We don't mm-hmm. have it on ours just yet. Um there is the single out though, so if you go to Apple Music, like you said this will be out when the record's out yes. though. So it it won't matter then, it'll all be out, but Right now, there's just if you're a somehow if you're somehow tapping this into this right now, <laughs> fucking give me money, yeah, <laughs> anonymous. If give, you're out give, there. Give, give me the lottery numbers for tomorrow. Yeah, seriously. But yeah, and, and, and a dream come true. And, and I think us three could really, you know, um, agree with this. Like, we just also want to give like the biggest shout out of all to Head to Wall Records. Yes. Oh yeah, really taking great, great people. I mean, th- we've known Josh for well. It's like we all met him one time. He did a show for us uh, like a couple of years ago in Columbus. But me and him have had conversations for a while of just uh, like he really likes what we're about. Mm-hmm. And he started talking to me probably two to three years prior of signing us, just asking how things are going, interested in what's going, what we're doing. So the fact that like he took a chance on us and especially like still was it was down to like there was a moment where i thought like is he still gonna want to like put this record out you know like on vinyl and promote it and do all this stuff during this pandemic and mm-hmm. the whole time he's been nothing but positive i was gonna say he's been nothing short of amazing yeah it's like yeah. he's he's really stepped in and just like where evan would have to take over like a lot of the business aspect from mm-hmm. the last album when we were selling it or trying to get shows and stuff like josh has really stepped up and just helped us out those head to wall um, guys are are yeah, real solid, the and on and the bands that they we we featured uh, and bring everything. Yeah, he even didn't he uh, sell the rest of our album on the head. Yes, yeah, so yeah. the first album we did, he had no problem. Even though that we did that on our own, he sold the rest of what we had on the online head to wall yeah. store. So like, he's been supportive of the whole process, and uh, much love to the head to wall family. Yeah, all the bands on there. Shout out to head to wall. Shout out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah. Of course, if you're interested in recording and uh, into this uh, phenomenal studio, that if you heard some of the tracks at, go to LaserLightRecordingStudio.com, and uh, you can learn more of what they feature here in Northwest Ohio, uh, in the Waterville region. If you want to follow this podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, it's at On the Radar PC, and all the links to you know where we are and where you can listen to is over at OnTheRadarPC.com. Thank you so much, guys, for joining in again. It's been a pleasure. Very excited for everything. Thank you. Thank yes, you. Thank you. Yes. I am Peapod. You are you. And thank you so much for listening to another great episode of the On the Radar Podcast. See you.